You're listening to the SIL Podcast, perspectives on art and technology with Peter Noche and Harry Posner. Episode 60, In My Craw, What's Bugging You? You're talking to somebody and they come up with something very interesting that they saw on the internet and you go, oh, really? That's really fascinating. And they say, yeah, I'll send you the link. <laughs> they never send the link. They never send you the link. Oh, yes, I'll send you the email with that information in it. They never send the email with the information in it. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting you bring that up, though, because I deal with people who constantly are telling me about just what you told me now. They either complain to me or they tell me about people who do such things. Yeah. For me, it's becoming almost a pet peeve. You might not say that it's a wonderful world, and it's a wonderful life, and it's a wonderful day, just as yesterday. But I won't complain. He's not complaining, but do we have the right to complain, Harry? You're damn right we have the right to complain. You think so? Yeah, I'm claiming my right to complain. Okay. Why? Yes, why? Because if I didn't complain, then things that were wrong in the world at least wouldn't get pointed at, wouldn't get dealt with, maybe. I mean, I have a right to say, this boils my bile. Is that one of your pet peeves? This sticks in my craw. So it is one of your pet peeves. Yes, it is one of my pet peeves. Yeah. So I claim the right. Let's distinguish between what is a peeve and a pet peeve. Okay. So a peeve is described in the dictionary as just an annoyance. But a pet peeve is something that we nurture as you would nurture a pet. You make it something that you find it difficult to resist complaining about. Right. But I don't find it difficult to resist. <laughs> I love my pet. Pets, plural. Yeah, okay. And I keep them close to me. Okay. Yeah. Well, but what about, we're talking about pet peeves, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, pet peeves you would elevate above just a peeve. <laughs> <laughs> As in peevis and butthead. Yeah, yeah no, uh, yes, pet peeves that are always there, it seems. They're always there to get my goat. Okay, let's talk about them. All right. So, should I start? Sure, give me one. All right. Here's one that gets me going all the time. I go into a store and buy a book Mm. by an author I know a fair bit about, maybe, and it's their seventh volume in a series of books about uh, Detective Borstein Mm. or whoever, Mm -hmm. okay? I'm looking forward to a good read. What do I do when I open the book? I get four pages of glowing reviews Mm. about the book I'm about to read but haven't yet read. Right. Okay? And... The publisher expects me to read these reviews and get all excited and feel warm and gushy towards the book I'm about to read, when all I feel is resentment. I don't want them telling me how good it is. I want to read the book. And find out for yourself. And decide for myself, is this a great book? Is this the book of the season? Is this the greatest book since blah, 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 blah? Four stars. Four stars. I want to decide that. And so that's one of my major peeves. Mm-hmm. In reading books. Do you ever get that? Do you ever? Yeah, I've had, I've had similar experience or experiences with not just books, but all material, all media consumption in terms of them preambling or 
Yeah, sure. Telling me how great something is before I've even had a chance to consume it. It's like introducing a comedian as the funniest mm -hmm. comedian in the world. Comedians hate that. Well, for sure, because it puts a <laughs> tremendous amount of pressure on them to, they better to be. To be that. Yeah, they better be, yeah, right? Exactly. So for me, with Pet Peeves, just to kind of line it up with the basis of our podcast in terms of art and technology, I would like to begin by saying that a lot of peeves or pet peeves that are occurring nowadays are related to technology. There are a lot of new ones that didn't exist 15, yeah. 20 years ago, and they're all related to smartphones and texting and Mm -hmm. And I'm sure if it's not a pet peeve, it's certainly near the top of the list in terms of what's bothering people these days. Maybe not so much the people that are doing it as the people who are around it, which is texting and driving, people looking at their phones when they're standing in front of you or sitting in front of you. What do you do when somebody does that? Do you do anything? It depends on the situation and my relationship with that individual. If it's something that occurs very intermittently or rarely, I let it go. But if I see it's habitual, at some point, I, I will either not engage with that person or if it's a family member or something you know, where I feel more comfortable speaking out, I will speak out. Sure. So, yeah, I can see that being a major pet peeve, and I don't like it either. I work in a retail environment. People come up to the cash and they're talking into their cell phones, mm. and they're doing the transaction not acknowledging that I exist. I'm not expecting them to say, oh, hello, hello, how are you, blah, 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 but an acknowledgement that a human being is here, mm -hmm. and there's an interaction happening, whether it's commercial or not. Put down your phone or tell them, just a minute, I'm almost done here at the cash, and I'll talk in a minute, so hold on. Sure. Do it, and then pick up your phone and walk. Right? Yes. So, yeah, I, I really feel that. It's also distracting. Mm -hmm. It's difficult to know whether someone's listening or not. There's a relative importance factor, too, for me. In an emergency, I understand. Or the preoccupation with having to respond to everything immediately. Yeah, but that's the world we've set up. That preoccupation is almost impossible to avoid, especially in the younger generation mm -hmm. who have been raised in that world. We have a bit of perspective on it because we existed prior to the digital age. Yes. And so we can tune out. We can turn away from the technology and say, let's leave that for a few hours. Let's yes. not go near that phone. And we're only talking about the people that are doing this in front of you. But I would also extend this to people who are sending you information and that know that you're in the middle of something. They know you're in the middle of a social event or you're with friends, yeah. whatever the situation is, and they're sending you messages or things that could obviously wait yeah. or information that is not something that has to be responded to immediately. You don't have to bother the person with that. It's never happened to us, but I've seen it among friends. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> mom, dad, where did you leave this? Right. But you don't need it until tomorrow. Why are you messaging me in the middle of dinner with my friends? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But worse, you on the receiving end, why are you responding in the middle of our dinner when it's something that is not critical? Yeah. With technology, another of my pet peeves is uh, answering machines. Mm. that have a million options. 
Yes. Press one if it's about this, that, 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 this, that, that. Press two if it's about that, that, this, that, those, then, there. Press three, ba ba da da ba da da And then they go into further subsets. And then, yes, you press your three, and they go, oh, well, now press four, mm-hmm. press one. Yeah. And it's like, holy oh. crap, am I inside some kind of neural network mm-hmm. where everything is branching out forever? Mm-hmm. And that's based on you being able to hear properly and being able to understand the language, mm-hmm. and you're still feeling annoyed. Imagine yeah. what it's like for someone who's hearing impaired, or sure. on R- top of which they don't have maybe a proper understanding of the language, or even understanding the hierarchy that's being presented. Yeah, and what they do, and it's a real slap in the face, is at the end of all of that stuff, they'll say, press zero if you'd like to talk to an operator. Yeah, <laughs> That should be the first thing that gets given to you as an option. So for those of you listening, a little tip, because I learned this years ago. <laughs> Just hit zero immediately. Hit zero immediately. Try. It doesn't always work. Some of them have picked up on that and right. no longer allow that <laughs> to occur. Yeah. But when you're calling in for information and you want to get to an operator fast, try it at first. Just immediately go to zero. Right, right. So that's a big one because really it's important to talk to a human being at the other end. Often companies just don't get how important it is to their clients, their consumers, mm-hmm. who have been loyal to them. And taking away that human contact really bugs me, really bugs me. Worse than that, I find, if you are dealing with the internet, many websites make it very, very difficult for you to actually go and find a number and call someone. That's right. You're searching right. all over the place and they say, send an email here, here's the support button. But nowhere on that site can you find a direct line call-in. Sometimes the email isn't even there either, and you Mm -hmm. have to go through their internal system Mm -hmm. of what's the nature of the issue? Choose from the following. Okay, what's the nature of the Mm -hmm. issue there? And then it directs you to an FAQ page about that particular thing. Mm -hmm. And if that doesn't answer your question, you're screwed, essentially. Then you have to go to Google and find the answer somehow yourself through Googling Mm -hmm. This issue is happening. What do I do about it? So, yeah, very, very annoying. And so what's another one from your end, another pet peeve? A big one with me is moving away from technology is people who have very strong opinions. And when I say strong opinions, I use words like they hate this, they hate that. (laughs) And then you ask them, well, have you ever experienced it? They say no. Hmm. Well, how can you feel so strongly about something you've never experienced? Yeah. You see that a lot in controversial books that Mm -hmm. uh, communities want to ban because it's overtly sexual or has something that's anti-Christian in it or something. You get fundamentalists uh, wanting to ban the material without even having seen it, essentially. Uh, Same with Salman Rushdie's The Satanic Verses. Mm -hmm. Millions of people had condemned him and agreed to the jihad who had never read that book, never gotten close to that book. Well, because for many, just his name was sufficient. Right, yeah. The prejudice built in from what people hear, and which takes me to another pet peeve, if, if you will. Yeah. With regards to people's preconceived notions, and also not only that it's preconceived, but that they actually communicate it to other people as well. In other Mm -hmm. words, Mm -hmm. don't listen to this guy because. And the basis of you saying that are what? Well, because so-and-so told me. Right. Not only do you not know, you've had no contact, had no personal relationship with this individual or situation, yet you feel Mm -hmm. confident enough to automatically dismiss it. 
Box, box. So, what's your story? <sighs> Pet peeves. Dirty fingernails. I don't like when people lick their fingers. Leaving only one thing left in the package. I hate when snails are just out on the sidewalk where I can step on them. When you go to the bathroom and the guy comes in, there's five stalls, but he comes to the next stall. You know what I'm saying? Right next to you. People who ask me a question and then they interrupt. When people brag about something like, we don't care. I hate it when people are flaky. When people don't knock before I'm entering. People that have tons of cat hair on their shirts. Farting in public? Gross. People who are loud. People playing music super, super loud in the car when I'm trying to talk to them. Loud noises when I'm tired. Yelling. I hate when people stomp upstairs. Walking slow on sidewalks. Slow drivers. People who brake on the freeway when there's no traffic. When bikers don't use signals at all. People that don't use their blinker. I think it's really annoying when people feel like they have to comment on every single thing when they're watching a movie. People talking during movies. People flossing their teeth in public. I hate when people roll their eyes at me. Facebook friend request from the totally stranger. Leaving DVDs out the case. So I work at retail when they ask, what size do you think I wear? Oh my gosh. Fox, uh, 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 um. Fox. Another pet peeve of mine, when people are dealing with people, i.e. you go to a restaurant, and you're not very happy with what's been served to you. Mm -hmm. Well, I understand that, and you should say something, but there's also ways that you can do it. The waiter brings me something. First of all, it's not his fault or her fault yeah. how the food tastes right. or that something's not correct. So the first approach to me would be, excuse me, and you don't have to alert the entire room. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, uh, there's a problem over here. Right, right. right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You don't right. want to condemn the entire establishment. Mm -hmm. um, if that's your opinion at the end of things, fine. Um, but unnecessary roughness is what I call it. Yeah, I have a friend who, uh, who's very good, very adept at complaining about dinners. A lot of people will not complain about a dinner. They just, they just won't come back mm -hmm. to the restaurant. Right. But this fellow feels compelled to yes. always say something if there's an issue. And you'll always phrase it something like, um, with all due respect, mm -hmm. the dish you've served me is not hot. Mm -hmm. Or substandard we in some way. We have a problem here. Yeah. And I really wouldn't want the word to get out about this restaurant serving this kind of substandard food. Mm -hmm. So I'd like you to take that back and bring me something else. But he does that regularly. And people are afeared when he comes into their restaurant, <laughs> right? He gets the best service and the most thoughtful meals because he's got a reputation for opening uh, his mouth. Mm -hmm. you know? Well, interestingly, though, I don't see anything wrong with that as long as you don't get carried away. Because if I was the restaurant owner, if it's done constructively... I think that's a good thing. Yeah. Another sort of pet peeve that you raised earlier, and I agree with that, is people who interrupt each other in conversation. And often you do it on the, on the telephone because it's hard to know when the other person is about to finish what they have to say. Yes. But even in person, you can get that too. And what happens, I think, is in conversation, the people want to jump in real quick uh, in response to what the other person is saying. Yes. So they don't, they don't give themselves enough time to think the thought through 
so that they can speak what they're about to say fully and have a full thought emerge. Mm -hmm. So what happens is partway through, they get stuck and it becomes, mm, uh, mm, uh, you know, um, and, uh, and you hear that sometimes. I know it's something that I work very hard at because I've done it myself. Um, sure, we all do it. Yeah, and I try to minimize that. But mm -hmm. the one thing I find on a telephone specifically, I think one of the biggest barriers of communication in general, whether you're face-to-face -face or on a phone, is when you feel rushed. And with certain people, it's very difficult to have, like a conversation we're having right now. Yeah. Because right away you get this... You can feel their anxiety. It's like, I only well, have 30 seconds. Yeah, well, and also they're finishing your sentence for you before you're done your sentence because mm -hmm. they feel they already know what, what you're trying to say mm -hmm. and they just want you to shut up and listen to them, mm -hmm. right? So they finish your sentence for you mm -hmm. and then they get into what they want to say. Yes. And then there are people who will just talk on and on and on and on and on and don't stop talking, don't give you a chance to respond because That's they just true. keep going and going and going and they're talking about more and more. Mm -hmm. So you want to just sort of slap them. <laughs> But that part about being rushed, uh, I think that's one of the issues of our time. Right, right. Well, that leads to my next pet peeve. Mm. And it has to do with the arts. And not having time makes people do things according to what's already happened before because it's easy and it's already there. Mm. For example, musicians, songwriters, who just bring out the template of what a song is supposed to be. First, first, chorus, first, first, break, first, first, chorus, first, chorus, chorus, chorus. And it's this same structure for every song, mm -hmm. you know. And there are 99% of the songs out there is based upon this template. Yes. Because people are rushed, people want to get their music out. And instead of thinking up a new way of presenting your music, which is different you fall into that old habit of thinking that's what a song is supposed to sound like. And mm -hmm. so therefore I'll write in that way. That bugs me. Mm -hmm. Just going back a little bit to the time when I've learned this also from tutoring and from passing information on to people when they request certain things, this whole issue with time, not having time to do something. So you're talking to someone, oh, I'm too rushed right now. I don't have time. Fine. You asked me the question, I was giving you the answer. The immediate thing you tell me is I don't have time for that now, even though you asked me the question. And then 10 minutes from now or a day from now, you're going to ask me the same question. I'm going to begin my process to explain it to you. And you're immediately going to jump to, that's great, but I don't have time. <laughs> so a week later, you're having the same discussion. So five, six times you've asked me for something. I've tried to explain to you mm -hmm. or not even tell you, just suggest to you. And you tell me you don't have time. And I immediately go, okay, but well, then you don't have time. <laughs> the other one that's related to that is you're talking to somebody and they come up with something very interesting that they saw on the internet and you go, oh, really? That's really fascinating. And they say, yeah, I'll send you the link. <laughs> they never send the link. They never send you the link. Oh, yes, I'll send you the email with that information in it. They never send the email with the information in mm -hmm. it. Well, it's interesting you bring that up, though, because I deal with people who constantly are telling me about just what you told me now. They either complain to me or they tell me about people who do such things. Yeah. For me, it's becoming almost a pet peeve to say, why do you let that stuff upset you? 
you encounter that so frequently now. <laughs> when your like, pet you know, when someone, that when people some, get peeved? No, when someone <laughs> says to me they're going to send me a link and they don't, I just forget about it. Because what I'm saying, even with email, and all of us have our own particular idiosyncrasies about how we do things, right? So you and me, for example, when I send you a message, you normally reply and vice versa. Now, it happens to work for us because we're both of the same ilk. We respect one another's time. And neither one of us is fretting. And we know that if a reply is not immediate, we both understand that we're busy with other things and everything's cool. So you get that feeling. But there are people, for example, who will send a message. Yeah. And if you haven't replied in two minutes or three minutes, they're Mm -hmm. wondering what the heck is wrong. Yeah. Or conversely, you send out something with an expectation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times with messaging, people assume that when you send a message that that person on the other end is actually getting that message, if not instantly, within minutes. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that person still hasn't seen your message five or six hours later. Right. Right. So you've got to consider that when you send something out. Mm -hmm. If you have those kinds of expectations, you're going to be a very anxious person and you're going to be upset a lot. Well, you know, writers do that in their own way. Writers will send out a manuscript to various publishers. Mm -hmm. And within a month or so, they think, why are these people not getting back to me? Mm -hmm. But typically, publishers can take three to six months to even get to your manuscript because they're deluged with hundreds and hundreds of book queries and manuscripts. And they have to determine how to get through them so that everybody gets a chance of being read in some form. And it can take three to six months. But writers get very antsy and very nervous and give up. They don't see it from the publisher's point of view. Right. Do you know how many people receive emails and you think that they've gotten it? And you're wondering why three days later you haven't gotten a reply. And then you speak to them and they say, I never saw it. Yeah. And my first question, because I deal with this stuff, I say, did you check your spam box? Yeah, your junk mail. And some of them will go, no. And some of them will go, I didn't even know I had one. Mm-hmm. This is why it's important, I think, not to jump the gun or make yeah. assumptions because of the way they live, because of the way they organize their time, because they don't have the information or the knowledge of the technology. Mm-hmm. They're missing things that you are assuming they're getting. Another of my pet peeves, Hmm. and that has to do with kids and cash. Okay. Kids don't know the meaning of cash because they've grown up in a plastic world, in a world of ATMs. Don't know the meaning or don't understand the value? Both. Okay. Really. Because unless you handle cash a lot, Mm -hmm. you don't know the meaning of it. You don't get a sense for the volume of it, the groundedness of it, the fact that a, a toonie is a real thing, and it has meaning, and it translates to X amount of stuff in the world. All they have these days is a plastic card, which they then put on the machine, not even putting in a PIN number anymore. They don't have to remember the PIN number even anymore. Mm -hmm. All they have to do is flash the card on the debit machine and walk away with their purchase, right? They don't really have a meaning, an understanding of what cash is, because they don't carry it for the most part. What I'm getting at is that the kids these days don't have a sense of responsibility of ownership mm-hmm. to own something, because it's very easy to just flash your card and rent something for a little while. I was going to say, if you examine things, you will realize that we also live in a world where the thinking is changing in terms of younger people 
put much more emphasis on experiences. If I'm focusing on an experience, I'm likely to spend much less time focusing on material possession. Right. So intrinsic in that is that value proposition. Yeah, but when I was younger, you'd buy a, a car for the car and for the experience of riding in it. So there was both. There was experience and there was ownership and responsible ownership. You took care of that. You were responsible to take care of that equipment. Yeah, but you were were also very heavily invested in the possession of that item. That's right. If suddenly I offered you an alternative. So, for example, instead of investing $20,000 into a car, I said to you, you can spend $15 a day and go whenever you want, with whomever you want, where you want, as quickly as you want, Mm -hmm. or close to that. Yeah, You might say, well, I don't want to own the car. Same thing with a house. Why would I invest all that money Mm -hmm. and all the effort I need to get that money into a house when I would rather spend two weeks in Spain and and Yeah, and my my 94-year-old in-laws are now without a vehicle because the husband was denied his license at Mm. the age of 94, finally, for various reasons. And he had to give up driving. So they cannot, they don't have a car to drive anymore. Now they have to rely on public transportation, taxis, their family. And the fact is that all that money that he was putting into gas and maintenance for the vehicle Mm -hmm. is there for them to use for taxis and public transit or whatever. It's not like they're losing money. They're actually saving money by not now having a vehicle. Absolutely. So ownership can go either way. You don't necessarily have to own everything. But for young people, I I just wish they had a better sense for the value of things and taking care of things properly. And that value thing becomes more important when a young person is still dependent on the adults for getting whatever it is they have to get. I don't think you could have the same argument for a young person who's completely independent and chooses to live Mm -hmm. in a different way. Because I think we can learn from that, too. Sure. My major pet peeve is not knowing how to end a podcast about pet peeves. (laughs) Yeah. That's true. Yeah. This is why I like the fade out. (laughs) Fade out, fade out, fade out. Fade out, fade out, fade out, fade out. We can't end a podcast without telling people about the capability of leaving voice message on our website. Yes. That, that we're still searching for feedback. Yes, we are. That's a new thing, the, the audio recording capability for comments. So we want your comments. Talk to us. Who are you? Where are you from? And mm-hmm. what do you love about this thing we do? Or you don't what love. Do you, what do you, what's your pet peeve about what yeah, we do exactly. on this thing? Give us some feedback. Let us know what makes you happy when you listen to a podcast and what you want out of a podcast. And then we'll do our best to tickle your fancy. Tickle your fancy or something <laughs> similar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I won't, I won't complain. The Sill Podcast, Perspectives on Art and Technology, is a Connecting Dots Media production. Available at thesillpodcast.com.